Welcome to The Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning independent pharmacy. Now, here is your host, Mike Delisio, North American Sales Director. Welcome, Compounding World. Thanks for tuning in to our newest episode of The Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast. My name is Mike Delisio, and we are currently live at our HRT conference in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is an annual event where we cover all topics related to bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And I am also joined by Michelle Perot. Hi, Michelle. Hello. Michelle has graciously stepped in as co-host for this podcast. Uh, since Sebastian wasn't able to make it this trip, we've asked Michelle, who serves as a territory representative on behalf of PCCA and has been with us for the last seven years. Thank you, Michelle, for joining. I know this is quite the task to co-host a podcast, but uh, I know that you're definitely going to be a natural at this, and we're looking forward to having you. Well, thank you for having me again, and there are big shoes to fill, so I hope I can do Sebastian justice. I think you will. Um, as we have recorded, obviously, multiple episodes of this podcast, we've had a chance to spotlight and to focus on certain clinical services experts from our clinical services department. Uh, primarily, we spoke to Sebastian, who's obviously a co-host of this podcast, and we had the chance to interview Nat Jones, um, also an individual with tremendous experience. Today, we are joined with Rennell Larson, who serves as a pharmacist on our clinical services team. So thank you so much, Rennell, for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. This is, um, this is going to be a, obviously a different layout. The reason why I say it's going to be a different layout is that we're going to tap into your knowledge of HRT. Uh, Obviously, we are here at our HRT conference. What better topic to cover than obviously HRT specifically? We know that it's a passion of yours. You've been with our consulting department since 2014. You've spoken at our HRT events multiple occasions. So this is going to be a really good chance for our listeners to learn more about your experience, your knowledge, um, truly dive into the world of HRT, specifically hormone replacement therapy and other things that are considered more of your expertise. So um, for the listeners out there, and obviously members of PCCA who are familiar with you, may have spoken with you on the phone, uh, may have communicated with you over email since you are one of our experts in our clinical services team. What brought you to PCCA? And not only that, tell us a bit more about you and your background. Okay. So um, I graduated from uh, Roseman University now in Las Vegas. So for me to come back to this HRT symposium is always kind of like coming home. Um, you know, you step off the airplane and you hear the slots and it's kind of like, oh, I'm back. But I was born and raised in California, um, decided I wanted to be in the medical field and settled on pharmacy. So then I graduated and ended up in retail pharmacy in a grocery store chain very close to my house, which I loved because I got to see all the people I grew up with. And I actually got in trouble multiple times for consulting too long, for um, spending too much time with my patients instead of filling scripts. So I quickly learned that that sector wasn't the one for me. So I only spent about eight months in that particular pharmacy. And then I moved to a family-owned pharmacy where I had more control of talking to my patients. Um, and then that kind of one thing led to another and I ended up back in compounding. And so compounding, I did a rotation when I was going through pharmacy school and actually hated it. Um, and it's kind of funny, I ended up back in it, but I didn't like it because I got stuck making like capsules all day long, every day for six weeks. And I had zero interaction with my patients, which is 
pretty opposite of what a pharmacist normally has interactions with compounding. So when I went back in, it was kind of a leap of faith. I felt like I was led to this compounding pharmacy. And um, I started there and I was there for about four and a half, five years. And I really found my niche in hormone replacement therapy and discussing with patients and educating them on it. And it just kind of became a love for me. Um, then I had babies and I knew that there was something different on the horizon and that something different became PCCA. So, um, you know, now I'm here working with PCCA almost five years and I love this company. I love what I get to do. I love to educate people and I learn more and more every day. So it's a good fit. That's awesome. One of the things I love about Rennell and when I see her speak at HRT is the passion that exudes from you and what you, your expertise is and what you share with patients. And I, I have so many times had members that have come to our HRT events or have spoken to you on the phone or via email even say to me how much they enjoy your talks and engaging with you and some of the things that you bring to the table and help them with. So I'm excited to hear um, even more from, from Rennell and and all of the things that she she helps our members out and patients with. I think the, uh, the great opportunity of this podcast truly acts as an interface, not only to educate the patients and other physicians out there, and we focus once again on the triad, but it also gives members, individuals that deal with PCCA, also technicians, more of the opportunity to learn more about our pharmacists and our clinical consulting team. Um, what interests me specifically about you is the fact that we haven't really had a chance to sit down and talk about HRT as a whole. Not only um, female HRT, but obviously male andropause and other th aspects of HRT that really encompasses so many different things. In our opinion, it, it still remains to be one of the largest disease states that are treated by compounding pharmacists. It has always probably been one of the biggest opportunities for us for education and training. And you've had the chance to speak for us, as I mentioned. But what truly interests me is the fact that we haven't really talked about this topic specifically on this podcast. And I think the reason for that is that we were waiting for the right opportunity to highlight somebody on our team that can give people a better impression of what your outlook is, but not only outlook, but what are your approach is to patient care. So you mentioned your vast experience, your knowledge, and some of the passion that is underlying in terms of how you act as a pharmacist and how you continue to educate as a pharmacist, but what are some of the major outcomes, major things that you've noticed that you've been able to make a difference on? Um, probably the number one thing, I think like my Oprah moment, my aha moment um, with HRT and what made me really fall in love with it is when, so I was working in the compounding pharmacy and I was really fortunate to have a great mentor that had a very good HRT practice already built up and he was a little overwhelmed. So I came in and I was ready to learn. And I came in after reading all my medical books one night and, and said, okay, this is what we do. And I got it all. And I had my, my flow chart and had everything written out. And he said, hold on a minute, let me show you a different way. And so he kind of was my initial teacher in teaching me everything. And so I learned through him and, and did a bunch of seminars. And when I did a couple of consults and all of a sudden I see this woman and her husband coming in through the door, and, and I thought, oh, no, is this good? Is this bad? Is it going to be ugly? I don't know, because you just never know with hormonal women what's going to happen. And um, she came in, and she had tears in her eyes, and she couldn't talk to me because she was so choked up. And her husband said, thank you for giving me my wife back. 
because they were about to go file for divorce and they had ended up not because she got on hormones and right there it clicked and I started crying because I cry at commercials and I cry everything and um, we just had this good like moment and I just realized that that was it. So um, that was kind of like the moment that was my, my love for it and where I knew I was just hooked. We had a conversation with Dr. Carfora and I think Michelle brought up the same thing, but the cool thing about what Dr. Carfora said was that hormones not only impact an individual, they impact a family. And that it is truly a family affair and how it comes into family medicine. Uh, but that experience, that story is virtually identical to what we discussed with Dr. Carfora. So I think there is instances where, yes, it, it does impact both male and female, potentially children as well. Uh, is there a situation, because I know you'll probably talk about PCOS tomorrow um, and other things like that where you feel that you've made a difference in an individual's life. Sure, yeah, um, PCOS, even just getting pregnant. I've had uh, women come into the pharmacy and been infertile, not been able to get pregnant, or have had multiple uh, miscarriages. And we've discussed with them and figured out where we thought the problem was and worked with their physician. And then to have them bring that baby in, you know, a year later and say, look, here's my child. And this is because you helped me, um, is very gratifying. And it's not something I ever got in the pharmacy in the grocery store working there. Um, that's one of them in terms of PCOS, just patients having their life back. Um, simple things like not having hair on their upper lip and being able to help them with the excess hair growth, things like that. Um, it's just little things that you don't realize that are big things for them uh, was a big deal and really, really gratifying to see. Even, um, you know, going back to the, the marriage component, um, there was a lot of times where I had my wife and husband together in the, the room consulting and you could feel the tension. It's like, I just wanted to get out of the room so badly. And you feel the pain of the husband, you feel the pain of the wife, but then to have a complete 180 later and see what a different person she is and just how even she interacts with everybody is, is just a very neat process. I think too, um, not just HRT, but you also love the derm world as well. And mm -hmm. so that can be a component from the HRT and getting into that and, and expanding just not treating just the one thing, but so many different aspects of people's lives and making a difference for the whole entire body as well. Yeah, it's really neat. So once you start addressing like their chief complaints and their hot flashes and their night sweats and all these things that come along with menopause, um, then they start bringing you, you know, other issues like, oh, well, I feel good inside. I want to look good. And so then you can branch into dermatology and what can we do for wrinkles and what can we do for rosacea and what can we do for your adult acne and what can we do for all these things? There's a lot of things in our toolbox as a compounder that we can pull out. Then they also, you know, I always say that your HRT patients are your best marketers because you fix them and they will bring everyone to you. So I would have people bring their husbands in, their kids that aren't cycling right or they're just not acting correctly or their friends or their mom and everybody's your best friend and you just grow very quickly if you can do some successful things. One of my biggest tricks was to, I, I had a couple doctors that, that were very against hormone therapy and we talked and I gave them information and literature and they just were not into it. And I had a OBGYN that was very against it. And finally, after two years of talking with her, she called me and she said, okay, I'm going on vacation for two weeks. My nurse is driving me nuts. 
I cannot work with her. I cannot do surgeries with her. I've tried everything I know. You have two weeks. Do what you can. And I said, okay. And, you know, we got some prescriptions on file and everything and started. And she came back in two weeks, and it was night and day difference with her, her nurse. And that was still a prog- you know, process. But um, things like that, I mean, and those don't happen every single day, but they happen enough. And that from then, then on, that provider was, like, my best friend. I talked to her every day. She just had complete confidence in me. That actually brings to mind, you know, some of the things that we end up, and I'm sure you get a lot of times, is how do I approach a provider and how do I talk to them about compounding and bringing that patient, practitioner, pharmacist triad all together? Sometimes it's harder than others, and with some um, practitioner subtypes, it's harder than others. OBs can be really difficult because of the way they were trained and they were taught. So if you realize that it is um, sometimes what they need to know versus what they currently know, you can tailor that. Um, A lot of it is evidence-based medicine. We just had an excellent uh, presentation today by both a doctor and a pharmacist going over different studies and WHI study. And yes, this was not the best study for hormones, but look at the good parts of it. Look at what we did find out a bit about it. Look at this arm of the study versus this arm. And there's data you can pull out of there that you can show to these doctors that maybe we'll have them look at it in a newer light that will maybe convince them, you know, maybe this is safer than I thought. And there's a lot of newer studies coming out. There's a lot of other data that you can pull and look at because that WHI study is becoming an older study. It's still very valuable. It's a good study. It was a large study. We'll probably never have another one like it, but there's a lot of good data in there that you can access. The other thing is, um, you know, I'm a sensitive soul, so I get discouraged when I go in once and somebody's not completely convinced, but I would tell compounders, especially those getting into this area, it takes many touches, many touches to talk to them and build that relationship. And like I said earlier, it took me two years for one doctor. But after that, all those two years of hard work, it was worth it. So you can do it. It's just, you know, um, naturopaths are an excellent resource. Um, Those doctors that are in functional medicine and have been trained in there are an excellent resource. So I would start with those and get your feet wet and move on to the OBs and gynecologists after that. A few episodes back, Sebastian and I covered a consultative approach to patient care. And obviously, I, I don't think a practice can exist specifically focusing on hormones without having a consultative approach. So giving the advice of, of, where to, of who to seek out, which practitioners to focus on, um, but obviously acquiring the knowledge beforehand to have that consultative approach. But what, in your opinion, what advice would you give to pharmacists, compounding pharmacists, our members? What type of advice would you give them uh, to improve on not only a consultative approach, but improve their approach to hormones? Um, first is education. I think education is key not only for yourself, um, but also for your patient. So if you educate yourself and you understand the hormones and the physiology and how everything works, you can then educate your patient because I feel that if they are empowered by knowledge, then they can make decisions. And there's a lot of time that the patient can move the practitioner when you cannot. And so if you're able to talk to them, like I, for example, use the hormone structures all the time. Every single day in my consultation, I had the hormone structures of estrogen and testosterone and uh, medroxyprogesterone and the equine estrogens in my consultation room. And I would show them, here's estradiol, here's testosterone. Most 
patients understand the difference between estradiol females is what they think testosterone males so it's a very stark contrast of wow and you show them the substitution on the rings and there's very minimal difference in there but it makes huge differences in your body for them to have that reality check and go oh my gosh and then you show them progesterone and you say this is the structure of progesterone you don't have to have a pharmacist degree you don't have to be in compounding to to see these little things and then you point out progesterone, and you show the big huge side chain and I had it all highlighted so they can see and it's they instantly understand this is different than what we were born with it acts differently in the body and sometimes that is all I need and then the patient will go in and, and talk to their doctor and be like well that's a different chemical and that's a conversation they have with their doctor and I'm not even included in it and so I'm not necessarily the bad guy that comes out because sometimes the pharmacists are seeing like, oh, this is quackery. You're the, you're trying to get my patient to do something crazy, but when we look at the science, when we look at the chemical structures. That's something you can't argue. I don't think I've any, I've heard of that <laughs> situation or the way that you've put it ever before. Really? I think that's the first time I think I've ever put it in layman terms, especially when dealing with patients and hormones and getting into the details. I don't think I've ever heard anybody put it that way. <laughs> so for, for our listeners out there, it's obviously a great opportunity to, to think of consultations in a different way, but obviously equate it to something that was quite easy to understand um, and that can really take it down to the basic level, specifically for patients that are just looking for a solution. I think ultimately patients are speaking to their pharmacist or speaking to a practitioner to find a solution or hopefully get halfway there. Um, so they're obviously going to be open and they're going to want to learn more as well. So I think it's a great way to put it. Um, definitely unique. So, <laughs> Well, I just, I, I, when I first started, I didn't think that they could really grasp it. So I kind of practiced on like my mom, my husband, you know, like, hey, what do you think about this? Does this make sense to you? Because it for me, it made sense to me, and I don't ever want to talk over one of my um, patients. I had an experience when I was an intern of a pharmacist using very medical terms on, on a um, patient and trying to describe what this medication was for, and the patient left and had zero idea what they were taking, why they were taking it, and I knew right from then you need to educate them but talk at their level, and so I feel like you can still do that with chemical structures, and it's, it's an interesting way to uh, make them understand. You handle a lot of calls through clinical services and the amount of calls that come in through our member pharmacies. What keeps you going? What keeps you motivated um, and obviously driven? Because for, the, for those of you that don't know, you still reside in California, so you still have the ability to be home office but be part of our amazing team. So what keeps you going and what motivates you to learn more and obviously to educate more? Um, just the, the stories that we get, the stories, the people. Um, I had feedback about six months ago, a pharmacy technician that I was, it was our member we were working with and she was having problems getting pregnant and all of a sudden I got a text like, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. Here's a picture of me and my baby. Um, things like that. Um, but just simple things that helping the pharmacist understand, helping the pharmacist have that, that moment that I had in the pharmacy so many years ago. Like you can, you can make a difference because most of us pharmacists, we want to make a difference in our patient's life and we want to help. And hormones can be challenging sometimes, but they can be so rewarding. So hearing that through our members, talking to them, trying to get them excited because I, you know, um, kind of 
passionate about it and I'm a little bit of a nerd. You know, you think that, oh, everything comes from cholesterol and it cascades down. And, and when I first learned this, it was like, no, I'm, you're taking me back to pharmacy school and I don't want to go back. <laughs> But, um, you know, you, you look at it and it makes so much sense to look at this hormonal cascade. So to point that out to members and to try to let them see, like, look, here's where progesterone goes. Here's where estrogen is. Look at how, how things can convert and move back and forth and understand this. And you will be able to help your patients and educate your doctors because of, of this cholesterol metabolism and how everything's made. It's fascinating to me. It's fascinating how our body works. Yeah, it is pretty cool. It is really cool. Um, tomorrow you're going to be speaking about HRT, obviously, but are there some other tidbits that you can give us that for those yeah. that aren't attending, not giving away everything, but maybe <laughs> just a couple of highlights that you might be talking about? Sure, sure. So um, I have many talks tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. One of them is some bases that PCCA has. So I know that this is for PCCA and non-PCCA members, but um, kind of the importance of bases and the difference in quality, things like that, um, in terms of chemicals and difference in ingredient quality and how that can make a difference. Um, I had a patient that was on progesterone topically, and um, we switched our supplier in the middle of her therapy you know, and we refilled her prescription and she comes back to me and she's like, who made this? It's not working. And I thought, well, I don't know. I just think you're crazy, but we'll give you some more progesterone. So we gave her more and more and more and we could not get the same effect. And I went back and meticulously looked at all my lot numbers and everything. And it was because our source of progesterone had changed. It was not as micronized. And I talk to members about this all the time. And sometimes they think I'm crazy. And other times they actually listen to my advice and they go and they purchase the right stuff. And then they call me and say, you were right. And it's like, yeah, it, it is a different. You know, I'm a firm believer that some people can learn by hearing other people and some people have to learn by doing. So if you need to learn by doing and making your own mistakes, good luck. And um, you're going to have some hormonal women that may not respond as well. But if you invest in the quality and then you invest in good products, you're going to have better response for your patients with lower doses. So that was um, something I'm going to discuss tomorrow briefly. But I think it's important. It's near and dear to my heart. People think it's a sales pitch, but it's not. I've lived it and I've breathed it. And if you're dealing with hormonal women, I love them, but I don't want to talk to them every day. So um, the same one every day. But you know, that, that was a big key component. Um, let's see, other things I'm talking about, female vaginal conditions or just female conditions in general. So um, vaginal dryness is a big one. So using estriol, testosterone, DHEA, some non-hormonal options, um, oxytocin, which is a hormone, but I mean non-estrogen hormones, um, vitamin D3, some vitamin A and E combinations. Those are some good options for them. Um, we call it female sexual dysfunction. So a lot of our members make scream creams or lust lotions or dream lotions, or I heard a new one the other day, um, trying to remember what it was called. I thought that covered all of them. Oh no, there was a new one. Um, <laughs> it's escaping my mind right now, but, um, uh, there's many different names when we get calls in consulting and we're all texting each other, or emailing or IMing saying, what is that? 
And um, so there's, there's, those are kind of neat. You can do, you know, sildenafil. We have some with tadalafil, aminophilin, arginine, all different combinations, papaverine, phentolamine. You can cause vasodilation, increase blood flow. So those are kind of um, some neat options. Uh, with one caveat, I usually personally don't do um, these scream creams for patients unless I look at the whole patient. So I find a lot of patients say, can you just give me a female Viagra? I just want a female Viagra. But I, I've learned to dive in deeper because if their problem really is vaginal dryness, a female Viagra is not going to work. If they're not going to want to have intercourse because they have such painful dryness, then mm -hmm. we need to address that. Um, do they have a good, healthy relationship? You know, people want a pill or a cream to fix everything. That's not always the issue. Um, you know, are you in a loving mutual relationship. Sometimes that's a hard conversation. Sometimes if the husband's open to it, I'll talk to him. Um, sometimes I have to do that separately because they are scared to talk to that their wife. That must be completely interesting. <laughs> you know, you're almost like a family counselor as the pharmacist. You're really dealing with all of these different things and feelings and these mm -hmm. emotions that, you know, are really impacting a whole family, as we kind of said earlier as well. But, um, yeah. you know, the importance of being able to speak to that and, again, speak to the patients at that level and be able to communicate in a caring way as well when you're cons consultating with them is important too. It is, and it's interesting where you find it out. Like my kind of my husband kind of thinks he's an expert in hormones because he hears me all day long <laughs> talk about him walking around the house. Given the fact that you work from home, he's exposed to it all. Oh, so yeah. obviously with us being in the office and, and hearing all the consultants walk around, especially the ones that like to walk and talk, mm -hmm. um, Bruce is known for that, and Bruce has been with us and our clinical services team for so many years. Bruce is a walker and a talker. Um, so we all have been educated on hormones through Bruce. And yes. that's, that's pretty cool. And the fact that we learn so much from our clinical services team as well. Um, obviously, being um, more of a patient and not a healthcare professional, uh, we get a chance to learn more from our clinical services team as well. So it is, it is pretty cool to hear your feedback and to hear what your husband has to <laughs> learn as well. Uh, what excites you about being a presenter and a teacher? Because I think we've probably repeated ourselves a few times throughout the course of multiple episodes, but the importance of education. I asked you about a consultative approach to patients. Education is always the number one thing that comes up. The HRT event here in Vegas is an annual event. It is the largest HRT event in the compounding industry, and it becomes, it, is, it has become one of our crown jewels of our education event calendar. It is something that, for the most part, we've had people that have come for over 10 years, 15 years. We see the, uh, very similar faces, but there's a lot of, there's a new audience as well. So it is really cool because it gives us the opportunity to network with our members. They get the opportunity to network, to build their community as well, to learn more from not only from our clinical services team, but they learn from other physicians, they learn from other pharmacists that share the same unique knowledge. But what, what brings you back, and, and I know we ask you to speak, but what, what gives you the opportunity or what makes you excited about being on stage um, and being a presenter and being an educator? Um, I think for me, it's I, um, the preparation for being on stage is where I learn a lot. I, um, for example, for this year, I went back to everything from last year and everything new I've heard in between and all the studies and everything that's come out and pulled it all and listened to it again and 
and tried to grab as much information as I could. So I have a lot of, um, of, of uh, what's the word, preemptive work on it to go in and just learn on that side. So for me, I guess it does come back to education again, but uh, there's a lot of a lot of new things that get brought up, a lot of old things, a lot of reiterating the same, reiterating the same things again um, to kind of hammer home the point. But I just, I like to feel the energy, like-minded people that you're with, um, other compounders, other practitioners that are learning and educating you and giving you new ideas, bringing different patient case studies that, that you may never have thought of. There was one last year where it was really interesting that basically discussed about exogenous estrogens and in the environment and how that can impact uh, patients. And sometimes we forget that. So those reminders, these other little nuances that could be the key to your, your hormone success is amazing to learn. Um, I get new pearls and new information every single time I come. This is my favorite event. I'm um, very happy to be selected to be here. And uh, I, I enjoy being on stage and teaching as much as I can, but I'm humbled with what I learn and to be able to be around others. I don't know if Bruce had this case or someone else, but we tracked it down to one gym in this area where a patient, I remember, had three different patients that had high testosterone levels, and it was from the gym. Um, men were using testosterone, getting on the machines. It was getting on the machines, and they were absorbing it. So transference. Yes. Wow. It's crazy. So just because I say exogenous hormones, mm -hmm. it could be still bioidentical, but you know, you're getting, source. you're getting it from an external source. So it's, it's things that we don't think are a big deal. And we're, we're, you know, I, I didn't think it was a big deal until I came to this seminar. And so I would really encourage people if you're into this, this is in your practice because you went to a seminar two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, things change. You need to stay up to date on what's going on so that you can help your patients in the best way possible. Being a lifetime learner is so important, especially in this industry, because like you said, things are always changing. We're always learning something new. We're always providing a new um, you know, product or method of delivery to help out our patients. And one of the beauties I think that we provide in our industry is being able to offer also personalized medication. It is so specific to that patient because not, you know, every medication, there's no one size fits all. And so that's kind of the beauty of where you guys as pharmacists can help out those patients on an individual level and really tweak those hormonal patients, mm -hmm. men and women, yes. um, to be at their peak performance and peak health. And I think that's something that's really awesome about what you guys can do. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really neat avenue for pharmacists. Um, I, the lifelong learner is really important. I know for some people it gives them anxiety because they're exhausted and they're tired and they say, I can't fit anything else in my brain. Um, and I understand that. But I would say when you come to these seminars, yes, it's exhausting, but you are so energized by your peers and other people that think like you and you create all these connections. It's just it's something that you, you just can't miss out on. What's been your favorite part about being on PCCA's team and, and being all together with us and to being an educator and a teacher and a consultant? Um, I would just say the support of like-minded people. It is amazing to be around other people that have the same thought process, that have the same ideas, but that we differ enough that we can challenge each other. 
and we can say, well, I don't really like that idea, but let me go see what's out there. And um, we can respectfully disagree, but then we can learn and we can grow together and and come to a conclusion. Um, so, so that's really interesting. I've grown a lot with PCCA in the regulatory environment because I'm in California and there's a lot of changes that have happened in California. While that was a painful growth to, for me, um, it was a good one. And so I feel like I've been able to grow with this company where I wouldn't have been able to before. So we can recommend everyone to ask you about USP. <laughs> and You've already lived it. I know. We have lived it in California. So, But I think we're better for it. That's great. Renal, I, I thank you so much for sharing your insight and your opinions, but not only that, your experience from how your journey through pharmacy and how you got to PCCA and obviously what you do for all of our pharmacists out there that are members of ours. Um, it provides everyone a really good impression in terms of what our clinical consultants do. Um, they're not only there to answer questions, but they're also here to educate um, and to be speakers. And I think for that alone, it's there's provides so much value. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for being part of our team. Uh, I know it means a lot. Well, thank you guys for having me. This has been fun. And thanks, Michelle, for joining me. Thank you for having me as well as the guest host. I, nor I normally ask our guests how they can be contacted or reached. Um, I will not share your personal information, <laughs> but in, if any of our members out there uh, would like to know more about Ronelle, her background, um, and need to access anything specific in relation to HRT or DERM, some other topics that she may have covered, you can contact her directly through our clinical services department, formerly called our PCD or uh, consulting department, but that's probably the best way to get in touch with you. So thanks again. We do appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, for all of our listeners out there, thanks again for tuning into the latest episode of the Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast. Just a quick reminder to please visit us on our public site on www.pccarx.com, where you could subscribe to our blog and obviously our podcast so that you never miss an episode. Um, also, please a reminder to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date with all social media activity. This is Mike Delisio. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you soon.